This is the Barbecue Central Show podcast being generated from a live recording of the Barbecue Central Show, which airs at thebbqcentralshow.com every Tuesday between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Visit them at thebbqguru.com or call them 800 800- 288-GURU. And by Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Sauces, rubs, grills, smokers, everything for the outdoor chef. Visit them online at tastylicksbbq.com or call them 800-677-2882. And by Butcher Barbecue. Manufacturers of premium injections, rubs, and sauces. Visit them online and take full advantage at butcherbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jeweler. Official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700 and use keyword Barbecue Brother to receive all the discounts. And by Green Mountain Grills, one of the country's premier pellet grill manufacturers. Three different sizes to choose from, something to fit in every budget, and find out more by visiting greenmountaingrills.com. And by Cook Shack, the country's premier manufacturer of electronic and pellet-driven cookers, servicing the residential, commercial, and competition markets. Visit CookShack.com for more information. And by El Diablo Mustard. A few years ago, they wanted to turn ordinary mustard into the hottest shit on earth and dared to take spicy mustard further. They took fiery peppers, flaming spices to create flavor so powerful, so intense that even the devil couldn't resist. Find them at ElDiabloMustard.com and enjoy the bold flavors, great taste, and man, it's hot as hell. And by CookinPellets.com. Have a pellet fire cooker? Why not try some of the best pellets out there on the market today? Guaranteed to run in any cooker, and it's not voiding any warranties. You can purchase yours today at CookinPellets.com. Hi, this is Bobby Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Joe B's comes with a no-questions-asked money-back guarantee. For energy and to feel great, go to JoeBees.com. That's J-O-E-B-E-E-S.com. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. You should say whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. Uh, this is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is uh, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. Lots to get to, but you got something to share, love to hear it. It's a phone number, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show in lieu of the phone call or in conjunction with a phone call. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. 
Com. And here is what is happening coming up in about 12 to 13 minutes from now. Second Tuesday of every month brings the creator of AmazingRibs.com, Meathead Goldwyn, will be joining us. He gets uh, next segment, segment after that as well. Lots to talk to with Meathead, a little bit of how to plan an outdoor kitchen. I think more and more you're finding... Uh, people really take advantage of their outdoor space and want to maximize its livability. And these outdoor kitchens and outdoor recreation type areas have really become all the rage, as the kids say these days, um, especially over the last three, four, five years. So uh, we'll plan out your outdoor kitchen slash living area. Uh, we'll get into some libations to drink with barbecue that don't necessarily rhyme with beer and so forth. Uh, then we'll move to the second hour, and we have a big-name guest, TV star, pitmaster of Ponderosa Barbecue, Mo Kaysan, will be joining us as well. We'll obviously be hitting a lot of the TV stuff with Mo. He's on two different shows at the same time right now on Destination America, the uh, Barbecue Pit Wars, and he's also one of the judges, one of the three on Barbecue Pitmasters, so we'll uh, talk to him about those shows and then about his current competition season and what he's looking forward to for the second half of the calendar year and how many competitions he's got set, things that he would like to win, maybe some secrets from a top pitmaster out there on the trail right now. If you want to jump in, again, 216-220-0966, Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. As luck would have it, folks, taking some time away from running down malfeasance in Lake County, it is Deputy Corey making a reappearance on the show. Corey, what's up? There you go. I'm happy to be back again. Always happy to have you. I, we were uh, just visiting yesterday, and you had mentioned, I was like, oh, you want to have a drink? And I was half-heartedly saying, because I figured you are probably having to go in in a mere few hours after you were around. You're like, nah. Off to the to the 22nd or something like that. I was like, it's got to be show night, right? There you go. Big vacation. Happy to be here. <laughs> what so, big vacation? What are the uh, what are the big vacation plans? Do uh, they uh, include bags of cash and strippers and blow? <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, towards the end of summer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Not this time. We don't want to do that. So uh, Father's Day is coming up. And it's always tough to uh, think, you know, I'm getting on 40 years old now and, you know, I have a lot of connections within the industry. So my brain always goes, well, what should I get my dad? And, you know, I'm always like, I don't want to take the easy way out and, you know, do something barbecue or grill related. So, Corey, you're a father of two wonderful children. Uh, Do you have expectation of Father's Day? Could you care less? Do you hope that you just have kids that are obedient for 12 hours like what what do you what would be your uh great father's day this coming Sunday? <laughs> well yeah that would be that would be nice just a nice uh uh nice sunday with the family uh playing around i don't know hey if they wanted to get me a tie i'd be happy with a tie it doesn't matter. So you're you're a dad that would be happy with a tie. Everybody's Absolutely. like, oh, forget the ties. They're lame. And forget the embroidered French cufflinks. <laughs> but you'll take it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why complain about it? Here's, here's what I got. What are you going to cook for us 
on Father's Day. What? I know what I'm going to cook a heaping, helping serving of softball down in Willoughby. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was going to say, I'll, I'll be there. That's how I love to spend my Father's Day. At softball and then return home late at night fixing something probably hot and fast on the grill. Doesn't get any better than that. All right, look, folks, uh, Corey's going to be sitting in all show. So if you have any questions for him, obviously uh, shoot them my way. Uh, as you are watching the show right now, do me a solid. Uh, go ahead and make a Facebook post or tweet that you are watching the show. A couple of different links you can send people to. If they are folks that like the audio stuff, send them to the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, point of note, that is also a place you can go if there is ever a problem with any of the video feeds. Uh, obviously, we broadcast this video throughout our cookingchannel.com, which we have for years. Uh, we're also newly streaming live to the YouTubes. But if for whatever reason there is ever a fall through one of the other video simulcast partners, you can always come back to the main website and get the audio stream live as it's happening. And of course, off hours, you're getting all the shows that have taken place currently in the calendar 2014 year. So um, point of note, mention that uh, because I know there was a lot of people freaking out because there was a, a small problem with the video side of things last week. So there you go. Now, uh, you can subscribe to this show for audio replays through iTunes. Uh, as I just mentioned, you can get video replays through YouTube, Outdoor Cooking Channel. Uh, all the archives, of course, are neatly packed away on the main website, the bbqcentralshow.com. So uh, there's no reason you should ever miss anything on the show ever. Corey, how do you consume the show? You're a big fan. Uh, the podcast is mainly how I do it. One of those things where it's like it's live when you can, but mostly podcast. Yeah. Un unfortunately, I can't catch it live because of uh, work. You're a probably a good cross section of my listening audience. Uh, you're not a barbecue master. You're somebody that likes it. You enjoy eating it, obviously. You're uh, kind of a fan of the entertainment portion of the show. So let me ask you <laughs> yeah, this. You if the show, this show, ever went away live, and I'm not saying this is ever going to happen, or at least in the foreseeable future, but if the show didn't happen live, do you think that that would necessarily affect you or cause you not to listen to the show, or you just be unaffected as long as it came out the next day on uh, on podcast? Mm, boy, I, I tell you, I there's just something about even even if I listen to it on podcast, just knowing that it. It did happen live, and some, at least some people, did enjoy it. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that would affect me, but uh, there's definitely, definitely something to be said about being live. There is a, a benefit to the live aspect. Yeah, all right, uh, so, definitely good. We'll leave it at that, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, feel that way. Um, but why not get firsthand testimonial from uh, somebody who's sitting in now? I guess maybe a semi fixture. In the studio, <laughs> Deputy Corn. <laughs> All right, so last week, you would recall, in the 935 segment, we had Harry the Horse on. He is my show horse racing expert. He gave value bets. He gave exotic bets, but went out of his way to guarantee California Chrome winning the race, thus being the first Triple Crown winner in horse racing since 1978. And against all of my fibers of my beings, I bought back in. I was like, damn, this nag is going to win. It's going to be great. We were back home in time from the softball stuff, so we got to watch it live. 
Now, wouldn't you know it, halfway down that backstretch, son of a bitch couldn't pull it out. We are dry yet again. Corey, any thoughts on the big race? Did you watch it? No, no. Do you even know what horse racing is? <laughs> Vaguely familiar. <laughs> I think they should have carted that horse up and went right to the glue factory. Hoofs and all. I mean, everybody, I don't think even one expert in the lead up minutes before post time picked against this horse. It was all for California Chrome. And I think it just goes to show how difficult uh, with the time in between or the lack of time in between these three races. Uh, it, man, it's hard to do. So we uh, we spring forward to next year in hopes that there will be yet a, another Triple Crown suitor. But it wasn't California Crown. No, couldn't do it this year. All right, uh, let me talk to you quickly, folks, as we were just talking about with Corey. Uh, Father's Day is coming up very soon, like Sunday. If you still need a gift for Dad or an idea, how about a Cook Shack smoker or pellet grill? Make Dad a barbecue expert, a genius, if you will, with this easy-to-use smoker and the pellet grills. Now until June 13th, you can save 10% off list price of any Cook Shack residential electric smoker. Uh, Fast Eddies by Cook Shack. You have the uh, FEC 100. Those are the pellet grills. You can save up to $419, depending on the unit. You have the Smokehead, the Smokehead Elite, the Super Smoker Elite, and the AmeriCube are the electric smokers that make it easy to add real wood smoke to your foods. They are inexpensive to operate, energy efficient. The PG-1000 and PG-500 pellet grills have four-zone cooking and pellet broil technology. And, of course, the FEC 100, everybody knows about that. It's the choice of many championship barbecue teams on the circuit right now, guaranteed to hold enough barbecue for all your friends and family and all the products from cook shack come with a no risk 30-day money-back guarantee you can basically try it for free for 30 days put it through its paces see if what i'm telling you is exactly the truth and i know it is that's how confident i am i'll stake my reputation on but if you don't like it for whatever reason send me a scathing email and then send it back to cook shack they'll give you all of your money back no hassles no worries there's no reason you shouldn't give it a shot if you've been thinking one. To order online, just use promo code DAD14. That's 1-4. You can also check them out on the website, cookshack.com, or call Cookshack at 800-423-0698 and tell their friendly sales staff that you want the DAD14 deal. With a Cookshack smoker or pellet grill, you can celebrate barbecue every day, and especially Father's Day. Hurry, the sale ends July thir- I'm sorry, June 13th. A mere few days away. All right, we're going to step away. We'll reload with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back.
KQ Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. 216 220 Greg at the those are your two ways to get in touch with me, should you see fit. More than happy to have you jump aboard here. And, of course, oh, we all know this song. People like to get down and dirty. I need ribs, ribs to ease my pain. I'm going to take my gun and blow me in the brains. All right, no, it's a creator of the most successful, highly trafficked barbecue website on the face of the earth. Meathead Goldwyn uh, rejoins us. Meathead, how are you? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you? How's things in Cleveland, the barbecue capital of the North Coast? It is absolutely fabulous, Meathead. Appreciate you asking. What am I looking at with you tonight? Do you have? Are, have you won the drinking Olympics? I. <laughs> well. A lot of you folks may not realize that I had a life before barbecue. I doubt it. <laughs> I was, for three years, the wine critic of the Washington Post, the wine critic of the Chicago Tribune, president of the Beverage Testing Institute. I owned the World Wine Championships, the World Beer Championships, the World Spirits Championships. You, what do you mean you owned them? I created them. I invented them. They were barbecue competitions that didn't exist until I started them up. Um, what? And uh, I uh, traveled the world drinking until I couldn't see straight. <laughs> and, then, and then you decided to get into barbecue. Well, I decided I'd try solid food for a change. Yeah. So you, you created all of these different championships? Yeah, and then so what happens to them? Hold, they're still now, out there. Can I you sold please, the company, and hold still, on a uh, sec. The guy who bought the company is still running them. Meathead, how long have we been doing a monthly segment on this show? Nary, nary I don't even say this word often enough. Nary a mention of the fact that you had all of these drinking competitions and evaluation. I knew you were the wine guy for uh, oh yeah for Chicago for a while. But uh, all of this other stuff is is a news. F- As a matter of fact, a barbecue central show <laughs> exclusive news. Uh, Gre- ladies have, and gentlemen, have, Greg Reppy uh, reporting Ford? from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. My, Me, my, look at all this. This is uh, this, this is, is a revelation. Test vans from the various wine societies around the world. Oh, wow. The uh, Confrie uh, du. De Goyen, uh, my favorite is the Rabelaisian Society from the Loire Valley. Yeah. Oh, these guys are hell raiders, man. The, um, the, uh, Etonier Rabelaisians. Uh, Rabelais was, Rabelais was a uh, poet and, uh, author who lived up in the Loire Valley and loved wine and wrote about wine, and uh, they have a society devoted to him. It's a drinking society, and they entronized me, indoctrinated me, and yeah. I, I was, in, I was in, you know, initiated 
into the society over a great deal of wine in the cellars, the caves of the Loire Valley some years ago. It's a fun place. And when you're in the caves going through indoctrination, are there uh, spankings going across and candle wax <laughs> on the nipples? We spanked down a lot of wine, I'll tell you that. Oh. Yeah, no, I tell you, Greg, uh, I, I loved the wine world, and I ate and I drank, and I learned a lot about food and cooking because of it. But, uh, and you know, wine people like to say that it's not a snobby world, um, oh. that it's uh, just regular people, but it's snobby. Do you, and, uh, and I'm a little concerned because one of the reasons I decided that I wanted to switch gears and going to barbecue is that I just felt that these were not snobby people. And I'm a little concerned lately uh -oh. that there's a little bit of snobby slipping into the barbecue world. Do you think it's getting snobbier? I mean, two years ago or three years ago, I thought it was very ultra snobby. Yeah, that being I, well, you know, and I, 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 I don't want me... to get into our favorite topic here, but I really, really think that uh, people who say, oh, that's not grilling, that's or that's not barbecue. Yeah, that's not barbecue. Well, you're not doing barbecue. Oh, let me tell you what barbecue is. Uh, that you know that that's you know that's an attempt to separate us from them, and that's snobbery in my book. I I will uh, make this referendum to you. I think when at the height of barbecue snobbery, and maybe we're starting an uptick again into that. Uh, at the same time, three four years ago, maybe five years ago. Uh, the wine snobbery started to trickle down a little bit. I think uh, there were a couple people online that really made a mission to desnobberize wine as best they could and, and use technology to their advantage. Gary Vaynerchuk Look. being a, a very notable yes. uh, inspiration to that, who really kind of not dumbed it down, but made it less intimidating because I think mm -hmm. for a long time, as you would probably well attest, the wine was reserved for stuffed shirts and mm -hmm. looking down their nose and my palate is very cultured and you drank poop. Um, yeah, and look at this. And, and uh, no corks, but twist time. I'm drinking a really nice um, uh, Yamhill Valley Pinot Noir tonight. Not a cheap wine. And um, I used to rail against corks. I mean, at BTI, we opened over 10,000 bottles a year. BTI was the company I ran, Beverage Testing Institute. And 5% of them were corky, um, were, smelled like old musty magazines in the attic. Yeah. Um, I mean, what if 5% of the milk you bought was inedible? Um, I mean, that was that's disgraceful. Screw caps work. They seal the bottle just as well as a cork. In fact, better because there's no trichlor or whatever they call the chemical that creates the musty smell. So God bless screw caps, um, and and they're easier to open. You know, the the wine world um, tries hard to get people in, and then they give them this implement, and you have to learn how to use it from an elder, um, and it's handed down from generation <laughs> to generation like a mystic rite. And then when you get old, like I am, arthritis kicks in, and you can't open the wine anymore. So. But we, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about wine today, so I came dressed yeah. in all my Tastavans. These are tasting cups. Sommeliers will come over to your table and pour a little taste. And um, oh. you know, it's an old, ancient tradition. Um, I just finished reading a fascinating book uh, called "War and Wine" uh, about the uh, German occupation of France and um, how um, they 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 stole so much wine. And it was a major part. They, they would steal the wine and then sell it. It was revenue for the Third Reich. And uh, how all the winemakers uh, joined the resistance. And fascinating story. The um, mayor of Paris was um, uh, uh, the owner of a champagne um, uh, cellar. And uh, he talked the German uh, 
command, commander of uh, Paris not to burn the city. Uh, talked him out of burning the city when he uh, evacuated. Um, so uh, good story. Meathead Goldwyn is joining us here on the show. AmazingRibs.com is his website. Uh, Meathead, by the way, say hello to uh, a peace officer, Deputy Corey, who was also in the house. And I, Corey, say hello I, to Meathead. I met you before. Hello, yes. What a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, of course it is for you, Meathead. Uh, Corey <laughs> no, is oh uh, risking life and limb, keeping the ne'er-do-wells off the mean streets of, Ash, uh, of off of Lake County. You, you, there's nothing you can do about Ashtabula <laughs> County. That place is hell in a handbag. You're, you're, you're another Clevelander. That's right. Oh, good. Good. We are brothers in arms when it comes to Cleveland. <laughs> yes. We are in a basement right now. There are no women being held against their will, I swear to God. I'm not going to pan cameras. I've seen you hold women down That's right. There. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so, Meathead, tonight we wanted to talk a little bit about building this outdoor kitchen or, or living area. And I think uh, you would probably know better than anybody that this... Uh, renaissance over the last three or four years of people maybe not building onto their house or looking to buy a bigger house or anything like that. Instead, <laughs> using the um, recreational income to really build an outdoor living area that uh, kind of adds to the house to a degree, but allows for the enjoyment of being outside, whether it be through all these built-ins or these big fireplaces now, and, and really made it a place to <laughs> gather and enjoy food, family, and friends. Yeah, I, I think the movement started after uh, uh, September 9th, uh, September 11th, 2001, after uh, uh, air travel became a little scary, and um, we started uh, with staycations, um, and uh, the whole idea of building another room on your house, um, adding value, and building an outdoor room, and uh, enjoying the outdoor space, having the backyard. Uh, entertaining friends and neighbors, having the kids over. It, it really became popular, I think, and there's been a whole lineup of um, uh, outdoor equipment come on the market. Uh, everything from refrigerators to built-in blenders to warming ovens to, um, well, I mean, pizza ovens have become huge. Yeah. Um, space heaters, misters. Spraying mist on the audience, you know, furniture that can be uh, that can, that can take all weather. It, it's really taken off, and 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 it's it's. I think it's a great idea, but it can be getting very expensive, and a lot of people say, "Well, let's go ahead and do it," but um, you need to you need to consider stuff like building permits and a wiring, and the pressure of the gas that's coming out, and all that kind of. There's a whole lot of considerations to take in. All right, so let's hit some of the you know the main ones. If you have, well, I guess first would be if you just have some you know grass lot or some available space in the backyard. You're probably going to want to map out how much space a you want to allot for such a uh, space to be converted into, and then how you're going to lay it out. Because I would imagine nothing would be a greater waste of money than you know, portioning off a certain part of it and then really having it be a, a, a wasted space. Yeah, there, there's a lot to be considered there. First first of all, I want to – are we going to get – I thought because I thought we wanted to talk about wine and stuff tonight. Can I get all this uh, – no, this stuff off me? Well, I figured we'd save wine right, for, uh, oh, okay. for the next segment. Okay, next segment. Yeah, um, yeah first of all, um, my show, depending on what you're doing, if you're building in a big <laughs> counter system, building in um, a grill and a smoker – um, uh, a place where you're going to do prep, 
um, uh, you probably cannot just put it on top of your pavers uh, and your current porch. You're going to need a foundation. Uh, you're going to need something solid that won't sink. You're going to have to consider um, under, underground piping. Um, you, if you're going to bring out natural gas from the house, you've got to uh, bring in a gas specialist and make sure that the pressure is adequate. Um, if you're going to put in um, uh, propane, you've got to decide where you're going to store that tank. And uh, it also has to meet pressure standards. Um, are you going to do the prep indoors and just do the cooking and serving outdoors? Um, uh, the design concepts are pretty much the same as an indoor kitchen uh, in that you want the classic triangle, um, uh, refrigerator, stove, sink. Um, and are you going to put in a sink? Is it going to be a hot water sink or just cold water? Um, and how are you going to get rid of wastewater? You're just going to dump it into a basin and then walk out in the um, street uh, and, uh, oh, look what you've got. You've got beautiful pictures. Oh, well, for sure. Oh, you, you're prepared. Yes, always. Always. Um, and I didn't send you pictures today. Uh, you're, you, 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 you're, you're way ahead of me, as That's usual. Right. As usual. Nice stuff. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, and so you need to think about electrical. You've, if you, are you going to bring out electrical? 110 is adequate uh, for most things, but are you going to put in space heaters? Um, then you need uh, more, more juice. Um, uh, uh, are you going to put in um, gas space heaters or electric space heaters? Um, so you, you need to decide how, how large and heavy, and you need to design this. There are actually people who do this. I mean, there are grill stores and barbecue stores. Um, I learned a lot about it uh, 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 from a guy named Todd Maltby at the Wholesale Patio Store in Antioch, California. Um, and I actually have an article on my website with an interview with him in which we discussed a lot of these things. And we listed all of the things that you might consider putting in. Uh, and you can find that in the table of contents on AmazingRibs.com. You need to think about builders, building permits. Um, your, your village, your city, your township may have rules about setbacks. Um, you need to worry about utility companies before you dig. Um, you, you need to make sure you don't cut open a gas line. Um, uh, it, it really is not a small uh, project. I mean, it, it, you know, anybody can just um, set in a countertop for workspace and uh, just roll a Weber out there, uh, and, and away you go. That's no big deal. But if you're going to do the whole hog, like you were just showing in your pictures there, there's the wastewater lines. Uh, are you, can, what's, what's the city's rules on gray water? And uh, do you need an injector pump? Uh, can you connect to the sewer lines or the septic tank? Is that legal? A um, uh, lot of stuff to consider. But if you do it right, I mean, God, I've seen some spectacular outdoor spaces. I mean, look at this one that I'm showing here right now. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> oh, my. What do you look think? I mean, that. we're obviously looking at a, at a high-end uh, gas yeah. range. You got the sink. You got the pizza oven there in the in the diagonal corner. I mean, what do you think this thing is running? We looking at twenty five grand. We looking at seventy grand. What do you think here, just on a, on an eyeball? I have no idea. I really don't because so much of the cost is in the underground, is in the electrical, the gas, the uh, water ejection. But um, and then I don't know what I, you know. I've never built one. Um, uh, I'm actually contemplating nothing that elaborate, but something 
a, a little de- right now I have just a, a ton of steel on my deck and my wife is thinking about, you know, ejecting all of it one day when I'm not looking because it's just <laughs> taking over the deck. But, um, um, yeah, that, that's, that's big time. But, you know, I mean, it's a permanent fixture and it adds value to the home. I mean, who wouldn't want to live in a home that had something like that? And then you got, you got the pool, you know, and, uh, I mean, wow, invite me to those parties. Well, one thing I want to think, I want people to think about before you go down that route is that there are some really nice built-in um, grills and smokers that you can buy. Um, and it, it's a big market, and a lot of them are high-end and very expensive. Um, and uh, I'm not a huge fan of them. I know they look really cool when they're built in, but let's make believe that you build in one that takes up, say, a hole in the countertop that's 28 inches wide and 20 inches deep. Yep. And, and then it rusts out. And you need to replace it, or you decide I, you don't like something about it. you don't like the sear burners, or you want to add something bigger so you can do a uh, suckling pig, or or you want to switch to a pellet unit or something. You pull that out, whatever you want to put in there. These are not standard sizes like indoor stoves, which come in pretty much standard sti- sizes. Right. You're not going to find another unit that's 28 by 20, and it's either going to be too big or too small. And you're going to have a big project on your hand if you got to make the hole bigger. Um, plus, if you really love it and you're transferred, you got to move, um, you can't take it with you. Or let's say you do replace it. What do you do with the old one? You just can't give it to your nephew who lives in a condo because he's got no way to use this drop-in uh, grill head. So I, I, I know they're not as cool, but I'm really an advocate of buy a good old fashioned grill on wheels. Um, they call it a cart or a, a cabinet style. And uh, same thing for your smoker and, and use all that counter space for prep space and for serving space. And uh, then you can wheel your grills around. And if you want to replace them, you're going to I mean, just think about the repair process. If the grill needs to be repaired, are you going to be able to get at the back end, get underneath it? I, I, I'm not a fan of them. I know that a lot of people feel that that's really the way to go, but uh, not me. Yeah, um, I'm kind of a, a similar mindset. Um, Corey, let me weigh in on this. I mean, you are, uh, you know, at least in terms of comparing me, uh, an ultra handyman. You're a guy that could probably build, uh, you know, something that you could fit a custom size grill into. I mean, if you had your druthers and you were building an outdoor cooking environment, would you would you stick with like a freestanding things like I got on my porch, or would you? Uh, be more of the I want to do a custom built-in and have it all kind of wrap uh, tightly together. Well, if you're if you want it to look good, uh, if that's what you're going for, uh, probably the custom would would be the way you would want to go. But uh, for for practicality, the on wheels. So I don't know. <laughs> I would, I, you know, my overriding concern doing that would be a. It would be. It, it would almost be like uh, the Ferrari thing for me. Uh, do I want a Ferrari? Yes. Would I ever drive it? No. I would leave it in the garage because I wouldn't want a pigeon to shit on it, let alone somebody <laughs> ding me or a rocket on it or something like that. So I would probably never use it. And then even more than that, as you had mentioned. What if I got a transfer? What if I had to move for some unknown reason? I can't take that with me. I've sunk all this money into it. Granted, as you said, it does add value to the property, but probably not to the tune of what somebody else is really going to appreciate it as uh, for whence I built it. 
So um, I think all those points are, are really good. Before uh, we hit the first break, anything else that uh, people might want to consider for the outdoor kitchen aspect? Well, I mean, they're just every um, uh, gadget you can think of is available to go in out there. So you can think about things like blenders. They actually make a blender that drops down into the cab- uh, cabinet. You can put in a TV. Um, they make waterproof TV cabinets. You can put in refrigerators, freezers, ice makers, yeah. uh, uh, you got all different kinds of faucets, uh, with spray heads, uh, uh, cabinets, pot racks, overhead pot racks, big, you know, like you see the outdoor restaurants with the big gas space heaters. They got, I mentioned misters, um, is an issue. Uh, uh, where are you going to put the trash and recyclables? I just had at once a year, we have a gang over, and everybody uh, brings their favorite local carryout pizza, and we do a little fun neighborhood pizza tasting. And I have a outdoor movie projector, and we sat around and we watched The Big Night. It was Friday night, and I forgot to put out two cans, and so all the beer bottles and wine bottles ended up mixed in with the trash. And I was kicking myself because I want to be a good person and and, and separate. So you need <laughs> you need two trash. You need uh, uh, all of that stuff. All right, uh, Meathead Goldwyn is joining us here. We're talking about the outdoor kitchen stuff, uh, and we will return to him here just in a couple minutes. Also, Deputy Corey sitting in for the show as well. Uh, folks, let me talk to you. We've been mentioning Father's Day a lot because, hey, it's Sunday. So, you know, unlike Corey, who would be happy to get a, a necktie or perhaps a, action, a pair of action slacks, what have you, you know, some dads don't want that. Uh, how about going to Stephen DeFranco Jewelers and... Finding out the perfect answer to what Dad might want. A new watch. Bowl of a watches. Why spend a ton of money on a watch if you don't have to? Bowl of a watches are stylish, affordable, starting under 200 bucks. Watches come in traditional quartz styles, retro-styled automatic versions, chronograph skeletons, and traditional styles fill out the bowl of a line of timepieces. Uh, they have the precisionist. I have one of those myself. Do you want the most accurate watch in the world? Of course you do. Bolivar Precisionist is just that watch. Exclusive movements of the Bolivar Precisionist break down the secondhand movements into 16 segments per second, giving that secondhand a smooth moving appearance. You got the steel and the titanium versions, and then you have the Accutron line of Bolivar. It's the high end without the high price Cadillac of a Bolivar line. Uh, the Accutron is the pinnacle of high end design without breaking the bank, starting below 600 bucks. The Bolivar Accutron watch gives you the high end style, quality, and lifestyle without breaking the bank. Now, maybe you're a gadget junkie. Citizen's watch is the one you might want to be looking at. It turns light into energy, powering your watch perfectly and accurately. Need a timer for your barbecue cooking? Some citizens have multiple timers along with alarms, multiple time zones. And then if you're a watch junkie like me, may I suggest something called the Philip and Company. It's a cottage watchmaker located west side of Cleveland. Many high-end watch companies use Swiss movements called ETA. Philip hand assembles his watches personally using these ETA movements, and they are hand-picked components starting at $895. Philip's watches not only have an elegant European style, but they're very affordable. All of his watches are serial numbered and registered with Philip himself. So here's what you got to do. Head on over to stephendefranco.com. That's stephendefranco.com. Or in lieu of that, call him directly, 440-943-2700. And tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister. He'll give you the real discounted price on your watch. He's not allowed by the manufacturer to show the real discounted price on his website. And, of course, that extra year of manufacturer's warranty, the free shipping, the engraving, 
free batteries for life. It'll set the time on the watch no matter where you live. It's just that easy. Again, 440-943-2700 or stephendefranco.com. Don't do it wrong for Father's Day for Dad. Don't screw it up like you screwed up Mother's Day. Recapture that. Get yourself one. All right, we're back with more Meathead and more Deputy Corey right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show. Um, Meathead, you know, as we're talking about this outdoor living area, uh, one of these other, you know, uh, Renaissance items, and you mentioned it a couple different times, are these pizza ovens. You know, I, I got to be honest, I'm a little worried because you, you see those, uh, I think uh, Fred Bernardo calls them the, the Forno Bravo ovens. They're wood fired. Yeah. They're probably, you know, half a trillion dollars uh, to start going into it. And then Bottom you have, line, minimum three grand. Yeah, I mean, so huge. And that's probably not even finished in the in the whole brick inlay. That's probably mm. just for the unit itself. So you got to hire a contractor to, to do the brick laying and all this other stuff. Well, you do if you're me because you can't do it. Uh, so you're obviously well into thousands of dollars. But the, I guess the thing that concerns me is you see, you know, any number of pizza ovens and you see any number nowadays of price difference. So the question is, you know, are, are, can you get a a value brand pizza oven? Are you gonna have to bone out like you see so many times in the barbecue world? You get what you pay for. If you pay cheap, it's gonna be cheap and shitty, and you're gonna be replacing it in a year or two, or maybe it doesn't even work right. I mean, do you have any guidance on that aspect of the the outdoor living arena? Well, we actually, you and I have talked about doing a segment on pizza, and I'm glad we haven't done it yet. And I just want to touch the surface on it today because. My sous chef and I um, spent the last 10 days leading up to my neighborhood pizza night um, testing a lot of commercial pizza oven attachments, um, uh, pizza stones, gadgets, gizmos, gimcracks, uh, stuff for making good pizza on your grill at home. And we also played with a variety of dough formulations. Um, and uh, we've got it wired. Now, I have a good deal of information about pizza on my website, but I got more coming. I've got an entirely new dough formulation that's really good, Um, and I'm here to tell you that we made some killer Neapolitan-style pizzas with little char marks on the bottom, uh, done beautifully on top. The trick is, is you need simultaneous orgasm. You got to get the bottom and the top finished at the same time and it's tricky you sometimes it's so hot that you burn the bottom and the top's not cooked sometimes it's so hot that the top is burning before the bottom is cooked you got to cook the dough through but once you get it wired out wired in um uh you can make absolutely fantastic pizza we were making knockout drop dead pizza on a gas grill Okay, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I got 50 different questions just popped in my head in regards to pizza. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll, save it and do a whole yes. segment Oh, on yes. Pizza? Yeah, we're going to do pizza for sure um, because I'm a big I'm, fan. I'm almost there. I got I to gotta take all my notes from the last 10 days. 
I now have a full-time sous chef who comes in four days a week, works with me. I give him recipes. He tests them. We talk. We develop. He's a trained Cordon Bleu chef. Uh, kid's talented as hell. And uh, it's, he's really helping me a lot. And we're just having a ball. And although I'm sick of pizza right now. Uh, but uh, we, we, we just did pizza three or four every day for wow. more than a week. And uh, we've got oh. this wired. And I want to get more of this written up and onto the website, and then we'll talk about it. Maybe next month. All right, maybe next month. But Meathead is uh, continue. Uh, we might be in the middle of a, a recession here in this country, but the AmazingRibs.com continues to hire and employ people. We have Bell Laboratory experts. We have uh, product review experts. We have thermometer experts. We have guys building databases on uh, reviews of grills and smoke. I mean, you are a uh, you're the Donald Trump of the barbecue business, Meathead. <laughs> Man, it, you know, I am the, the, the you know, every, I come downstairs in my pink slippers and my bathrobe and I go to work. Um, I guess now that I got uh, Ryan coming over, I got to get dressed. But um, it, it's just, it, I, I'm the living dream. I mean, there's a lot of, there's probably a couple of thousand people out there who've started little websites in their house and have have broken through. Uh, and I'm just one of these lucky guys. You know, you hear about them. Football players, they do great in high school. They make it to college on a scholarship, but they can't quite cut it in the pros. Or they make it to the pros, and they only make it for a year. I'm just one of these lucky guys, and by golly, it's luck more than it is skill, to have made it in the pros, and I make a living at it. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's I'm having, I'm living the dream, man. It's just the best thing on earth. All right, so let's back it up just for a second here, and. For the new listeners or the folks that don't comb through the archives and all of this other stuff, or maybe they haven't visited your website yet, but I mean, it's one of the things that really just comes up on anything that has anything to do with barbecue or grilling. Like, why did you start the website in the first place? Where's the where's the uh, the, the precipitating event that's like, man, I got to start a website? God, we've been talking for years and we've never talked this no. story. It's a fun story. Um uh, back in 05, um, I was, I was a griller. I'd always been involved in grilling and I was really interested in it and experimenting. But back in 05, my neighbor started thumping his chest and talking about his great ribs. And uh, I make pretty good ribs too. And I, and so it turned into, you know, okay, cross the fence, challenge time. We're going to cook ribs and our wives are going to judge blind tasting mano a mano. I didn't know anything about KCBS or competitions or anything at that time. And uh, so I decided, well, I'm just not going to go out and cook my regular ribs. I'm going to learn everything I can about it. And I started researching. Believe it or not, in 1905, 2005, there was hardly a barbecue book on the market. There was no book devoted to ribs. I could find nothing in the libraries, nothing in Amazon. There were no references. There were a number of small websites, mostly message boards. Um, I think you had one. I, yeah. I don't know if yours was Back still in the around day, at the time. I did, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. And uh, that, I think that's how I first stumbled into you uh, and, and started going to the message boards. And that's, you know, learning by wives' tale, by husband tale, uh, oral history, experimenting. And uh, I built this little website just as a hobby because I was doing web development at the time. I was building websites for small businesses and uh, I had sold my wine business and I was going to be a web developer and a photographer. And um, 
the little website caught on. Google liked it and started giving it high rankings. It was only ribs at the beginning, and then I got into all kinds of barbecue and grilling. And it's just uh, it's out of control. We're going to make a pretty big announcement in the next couple of weeks. We're going to actually launch something called the uh, Pitmaster Club. Um, it's a membership uh, club. We have some very uh, fun things planned for that. Uh, I won't spill the beans until I get it rolled out. And we're rolling out a uh, database of almost 100 thermometers. I've hired an electrical engineer to test thermometers for us. And uh, he's actually putting them in machines and testing how accurate they are, how long they take to measure, do they meet up to the manufacturer's specs. Um, And that will roll out in the next week or so also. Very cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so... Uh, if we could talk um, for the next uh, six, seven minutes here that we have left, you know, when you have barbecues or, or, or grilling events or, you know, whatever, when you have an outdoor live fire cooking event at your particular place, you know, the go-to libation for the standard is going to be beer. And, yeah. you know, beer has seen its, uh, its uh, fair share of snobbery here over the last three or four or five, six years as well. I guess like anything. And... It's not always. I mean, sure, beer is refreshing when it's ice cold, but, you know, I'm uh, self-admittedly a, a guy that drinks, uh, if it looks more like urine than it does dark, <laughs> you know, I'm probably going to be a fan of it. If it's, if it's a macro brew like a Budweiser or a Bush Light or Pabst or something like that, you know, that's my beer. I'm not dark guy. I'm not make-your-own-at-your-home guy. Um, Corey's a little bit more of a, a beer sophisticate than me. Um, but I don't see the value in it, and it's like anything else. You know, whatever you like, you like. So when we talk about wine and its uh, desnobberization that we've uh, so passionately tried to rail against, wine-wise, like what works good with barbecued foods and what works good with grilled foods, and, and how can people maybe start their journey in love affair with wine using the outdoor live fire cooking aspect? Well, there's there there's... Two ways to go, um, and that is what complements the food and what contrasts the food. Complement, you know, for example, um, tan shirt and brown pants. Yeah. Contrast, yellow shirt and blue pants. Right. Um, uh, they both sometimes work. And um, when it comes to food and drink, um, the complement seems to work best most of the time. But, for example, things that are sweet and things that are salty really go to wake together well. I don't know if you've ever had a potato chip dipped in chocolate, but oh my goodness. Of course, yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and just think, I just picked up, I made the best brisket of my life today, and there's another subject. Uh, I have been converted. I have gone to the dark side. I am now separating point from flat. That's all there is to it. These are two separate <laughs> muscles. They cook differently. Yes. They deserve to be treated differently. This is one of the best burn ends I've oh, ever cooked. I know what that looks made. like. Yeah, it looks great. Oh, he's going to eat it right in front of me. Thanks. And I and it's great with Pinot Noir. Um, sizzled it in uh, duck fat. Um, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I'm perverted, man. Um, so you go with the compliment and contrast, but. Okay, let's look at barbecue. It's the sauce that really is the dominant flavor profile. Now, I mean, if you're really a good cook, you're going to get the sauce balanced with the meat flavor. I want to taste pork if I'm eating a rib. Yeah. But the, but the rub is there. You got, you got smoke, rub, sauce, meat. 
Yep. All of them contributing to the flavor. It's a symphony. Now, you're going to add wine or beer or a cocktail to that. Um, the sauce really becomes a dominant characteristic. So, I mean, if it's really, really hot, you've got to do something about the heat. And capsaicin, the compound that makes things hot, is best tamed by lipids, which is fat, which is um, <laughs> milk, um, milkshakes, uh, mango lassis. If you've never made an Indian lassi and drunk it with a really hot, spicy dish, the Indians do it all the time. They eat some really hot curries, yep. and they drink these lassis, which are yogurt-based. They're phenomenal together. I know it sounds totally weird. Um, hot stuff is a really hard one to match with. But if you've got a really um, tart sauce, like a, uh, a Lexington, North Carolina, vinegar-based sauce, yeah. Um, you can go the contrast route, and I like things that are Moscato-based, like um, a Prosecco or an Asti mm. Spumante. Yep. Now, Asti Spumante is a drink that everybody turns their nose up at, but it's just Prosecco with a different name. Uh, it's a little different, but it's, it's the same grape variety. It's made the same way, and it's cheap, and it's delicious, and it's a little sweet. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. It's bubbly, like beer, what cleanses the palate, yes. rinses out all that fat and grease, Acidity is really good at getting rid of fat. So this is a this is a burn in from a point, and it's it's pretty juicy, and pretty fatty. Um, bubbles and acid cleanse the palate. It's like brushing your teeth. That's a really good way to go. High acid with fatty foods, um, uh, things like Sauvignon Blanc, really nice high acid. Um, I tend to go with whites. Um, no, and a lot of people say reds for barbecue because they're big, and so is the barbecue. But I like the acidity that cleanses the palate. Um, that's what beer does. I mean, beer is white. Um, uh, um, and, and, and the same things go for cocktails. I, I do have an article on my website called Brew for Q. Um, and uh, I, I, I know a lot about wine, but I'm not as knowledgeable about um, beer and booze. Um, so I brought in Marty Nashel, who is um, one of the nation's most famous uh, beer authors, uh, uh, Beer for Dummies, Beer Across America, uh, Home Brewing for Dummies. He wrote them all. And he has contributed some suggestions about what beers he thinks go best with different – and we took it sauce by sauce, hot sauces. Um, he recommends for hot sauces um, things like a Munich Helles. Uh, a Martz beer, an Oktoberfest, a Vienna-style beer, an English brown ale. I love Newcastle with barbecue. Newcastle ale, it's it, it, uh, an English brown, fabulous with barbecue. Um, with sweet sauces, um, uh, he, uh, he recommends things like um, go hopsy, get the bitterness to cut the sweetness. So he's suggesting things like um, uh, an India pale or um, a, a German Schwarzbier, a black beer, or an Alt beer. Um, and then I brought in a guy named uh, Jonas Halpern. And uh, Jonas uh, is uh, uh, the author of a great cocktail book. Um, and I asked him what cocktails he recommends. And they're really interesting, his recommendations. And the one that really knocked me out was when we started talking about the hot sauces. He said, you know, I got to tell you, for the hot stuff, for capsaicin, you got to go with stuff like um, uh, Kahlua and milk, yeah. 
pink squirrels, grasshoppers. He says, I never get to recommend these drinks because they're so old fashioned. Everybody poo poos them. Brandy Alexander's. He says, but they really go with the hot stuff. They put the fire out. So all kinds of fun stuff you can experiment. But the idea is, is figure out what the dominant flavor in the food is and then either complement it or contrast it. Meathead Goldwyn, you can find him at AmazingRibs.com as he uh, continues to pound away on that uh, burnt end that he is. It's crunchy on the outside. Yeah. And it's like. Succulent, um, succulent. Succulent, but it's it's like um, pork belly, pork belly on the side. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks good. I mean, obviously, it's going to taste good. And you got a little Pinot Noir to go with that. I would uh, maybe suggest that uh, Silver Oak to really stand up to that big burnt end. You know, I, I people who listen know I've got a magnum. Yeah, I know for me of Silver Oak, which is one of the most expensive rare wines on earth ever, sitting in my basement waiting for you to show up in Chicago. Right. And you're Ruth. only in stupid Cleveland. I know. Well, you know, I'll catch a jet, Corey. You wanna uh, <laughs> you wanna head out and grab a magnum of uh, Silver ah, Oak with me a, and me? It's like a six hour drive. Yeah. All right. We'll I'm get in. it. Let's do it. All right. We're gonna it's do like it. It's like a. It's like it's, it's. When I bought it, it was like a couple hundred bucks. It's worth a thousand bucks. I know. Well, we're gonna we're gonna totally take it down. All right. Keep it on the shelf. I'm gonna be there sooner than you know it. It's way. It's got your name on it, but you know. Right. If somebody sexier shows up at Meathead's thing, I know. I'm in, I'm in trouble. I know all that about it. That could happen. That could happen. Meathead Goldwyn is at AmazingRibs.com, and uh, we're not going to promise it, but we'll pretty much guarantee it's pizza next month. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, I'll get my shit together on that, and I'll have uh, all that stuff online. This dough is foolproof, and it's really easy, and it classic Neapolitan style, and some of the techniques I've learned for a gas grill, charcoal grill, we're going to nail this down. All right, Meathead, as always, thank you very much. Ah, oh, Greg, it's always fun talking to you. There he is. Meathead nice to meet Goldwyn. you, too. Meathead Goldwyn is uh, making friends faster than the speed of light and hiring at speed of light, too. We'll uh, talk about there, uh, that after we do this quick read for uh, my good friends over at Butcher's Barbecue, Dave Bosca and uh, the gang making the highest level barbecue products out there. Uh, injections. Beef injections, pork injections, uh, the premium injection, which also is beef. Of course, uh, the Bird Booster products, which have been really taking the injection world by storm. A lot of people like to brine their bird. Why not? Well, a lot of people like to brine their bird, but they're still whining and complaining that in the end, it doesn't have the flavor that they're looking for. It's not as good as they were hoping for. Well, finally, there's a product out there on the market now. It's Bird Booster, where you can inject the bird with this product. It's going to help you increase moisture retention by 3%. So instead of 7%, as you would find in a traditional brine, it's going to give you 21% moisture. Also, it comes in a variety of different flavors. So now you can really drive down flavor into that bird, and you have no reason to continue to complain. The chicken is tasteless and... It is blah and whatever. I can't get rub all the way down into it. Well, no kidding. With Bird Booster, you have the ability to add flavor all the way down to the bone if you want. And you can find it at ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Along with the injections, you can find those rubs and sauces. The, The honey rub, which I used on a bunch of chicken over the course of the weekend. And, man... 
with some of the best stuff on earth. Love it on ribs. Love it on pork butt. Go to on uh, pork butt for me when it comes to honey rub. Uh, but you have the brisket and the steak rub. You have uh, the go-to sweet barbecue sauce. When I'm not making my own, everybody knows that I love the sweet barbecue sauce. It's done by butchers. Uh, you have the uh, plastic shaker container from Butcher Barbecue as well. You have the ability, if you've been uh, hoodwinked and Tom Fullard into buying a, another commercial injection, you can trade it in. If you don't like it, you uh, go to the trade-in link on Dave's website, send back the remaining amount that you have, he'll weigh it, and in return, he'll send you back some Butcher Barbecue products. So uh, he's making everybody happy, his own customers, his competition's customers. He's there to bring, he's reaching across the proverbial barbecue aisles and bringing people together all through ButcherBBQ.com. Uh, so stop on over there right now. Shipping is great as well. Don't worry, you're not going to break the bank there. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966, Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Corey, you've heard Meathead on the show any number of times, but sitting through a live dissertation of the most heavily trafficked man on the face of the Internet in regards to websites, um, what, what's your take on uh, on a sit-through on him? I, I've, I've been on the show with him before. With Meathead? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, that's I right. Can't... With Stephen Reichlin uh, right after him, right? Yes. Yes. What were we talking so... about the last time with him? I, I probably I was just. Yesterday, so I was a bad host, and I didn't introduce you. <laughs> For those counting, I think I hit the fat button about fifteen times. All right, uh, we're going to reload here for the second hour. Um, we have plenty to get to. Mo Kason will show up around ten fourteen, and then again around ten thirty-five. Uh, so refresh your libations if you got any. We're going to do it here, and then we'll see you back at the top of the hour. You're listening to and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. This is Rennie Knopf with ChampionshipBBQ.TV, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> we have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? We ate Vinci for wiener. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Oh. 
Corey just pointed out my blunder. I got nothing to do. <laughs> That's because the mics aren't on, of course. Uh, this portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500 grand in cash to be won, plus eternal bragging rights if you win the whole damn thing. The next Sam's event will be this coming Saturday. That's June 14th in Asheville, North Carolina. That's Asheville, not Assville, perverts. This is a local qualifier feeding into the Richmond, Virginia Regional, which goes down August 30th to keep up with the tour or to register to compete because there are still some available to compete in. Visit kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. Appreciate the support of Sam's Club, of course. All right, uh, still to come tonight in about 13 minutes, Mo Kaysan from Ponderosa Barbecue on next week. The guy that we just mentioned, he is an icon in the industry. Stephen Reichland will be joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Also, uh, Bob Trudnack from the Barbecue Guru. Big announcement for me. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. That's right, folks. Greg Rempe here on the breaking news desk at Barbecue Central in Cleveland, Ohio. I will be getting a test unit of the Party Cube, the new Party Cube. Oh, that's going to come across. I'm going to get a lot of emails on that one. Jacked up the sound. Uh, the Barbecue Guru is good enough to send me one of the new uh, updated Party Cube units for me to try out. So uh, that's going to go right on the trusty Weber Smoky Mountain. We'll put it through its paces. Perhaps I'll even document through video. Unbiased, of course. That, it doesn't matter that they pay me every month to uh, promote their products. I will give you an unbiased opinion because I know you've come to expect that from me, somebody that is going to give you the straight giddy-up on uh, products that are coming out. And uh, the Party Queue has seen tremendous amount of success when it was released uh, probably a year and a half ago, maybe even two years ago now. Time flies. And it's gotten a facelift, uh, some other things have been added to it so i'm very excited to get my hands on it um in the 2014 sam's club series rolled into north charleston south carolina this past weekend uh, this was a local qualifying event that also saw the top six teams moving into this richmond virginia regional final that'll take place on august 30th that i just mentioned the top six teams moving on to that event grand champion of this event palmetto pitmasters Reserve Grand Whalen's Wickedly Good Q. Number three, Mr. Good Times Barbecue Club. Fourth place, Flaming Pig. Fifth place, Killer Bees Barbecue, who I believe is current defending champion of Sam's Club overall national uh, champion. And rounding out the top six, Chicks, Swine, and Bovine Barbecue. They'll all be moving on to the regional final in Richmond, Virginia. Rich, uh, Virginia, by the way, is a commonwealth. Maybe we've done this contest before. Uh, there are, I believe, four commonwealths throughout this great country of ours. And we will go to deputy court to name the remaining commonwealths. <laughs> you got me. Uh, I was going to say Virginia. <laughs> yes. Virginia is good. You are correct, sir. Massachusetts. You are correct, sir. All right. That's right. That's that's, that's where, it. That's where I end. <laughs> Our neighbor to the east. Really? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Commonwealth. And the one that everybody forgets. 
the Commonwealth of... You're drinking something right there, right now from there. Kentucky. That's right. right. Kentucky is a Commonwealth, so... Look at this. Yeah, everybody is now racing in with the answers. <laughs> There's no free stuff tonight, folks. Just trying to test your stuff. Um, the, uh, as I had mentioned before, the next Sam's Club event is this coming Saturday in Asheville, North Carolina. Now, I had mentioned, well, look, <clears throat> let's revisit uh, Meathead here. What kind of success is Meathead having that he can put on retainer a food scientist a sous chef, of course, uh, the word sous chef is alluding to the fact that somebody is a executive chef over at AmazingRibs.com, who I'm guessing is probably Meathead. But I'm imagining the sous chef is probably actually trained. Meathead is trained in eating and drinking very well. I don't know if that qualifies you as an executive chef. Nevertheless, he's the boss. Uh, he has a full-time a grill and smoker evaluator. Product tester, I believe they call it. A, a guy that's doing all of the thermometers on the face of the earth, as he had just mentioned. And you have a guy that's putting in all smoker and grill reviews. I mean, this is going to be the most prolific site ever. Plus, he's on my show once a, uh, once a month. What, what kind of what kind of cabbage do you think Meathead is pulling in on a monthly basis? <laughs> Corey, you are a excellent investigator. You are uh, seeking out villains and so forth. What kind of cake you think this guy's pulling down on the internet? <laughs> well, I don't know about money wise, but just uh Do you think it's all legal? <laughs> yes. I'm sure. I'm sure. Amazingmeth.com. <laughs> <laughs> Big basement in Chicago, along with the uh <laughs> next to where the magnum of silver oak is, there's seven hundred pounds of meth. Uh yeah, I mean <clears throat> I gotta say, uh Doing what he does, being able to make, I think, the overriding goal for a lot of people, you know, in the industry is to somehow figure out a way to make a living at uh, the barbecue business. And, you know, some would put me in the barbecue business realm of things. I have yet to figure out how to make a living at it, but I do get a, you know, decent sub income through the show, which I'm certainly appreciative of. Um, But one day, man, I'd love to say I'm making 10 grand or 12 grand or 15 grand a month because of this show. But I think it would require a lot of travel, and I don't know if I'm down for that yet. So, But maybe in 10 years when everybody's out of the house and I want to get down on the barbecue trail. In 10 years, I'm going to be 50. Oh my, I'll, be, I'll be like five years away from dying. <laughs> 50 years old. Uh, Corey, here is the list of the five new grilling and barbecue cookbooks that make great Father's Day gifts coming in. At number one, you have seen him here on this show. He is the pitmaster of Big Bob Gibson's Chris Lilly Fire and Smoke. Tops of the list, $24.99. We gave away a free copy of that here. Uh, number four, you see him all over the Food Network, host of the very popular Triple D, refuses to do this show, was somehow inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame a couple years ago. He's got a woman lookalike on the Food Network and Burrell, Guy Fieri. Guy on Fire. I've never heard of that book, I'll be honest. Uh, that's $29.99. Uh, 
then you have a guy who appears on this show fairly regularly. He is a Canadian barbecue and grilling expert. I don't know if we need to qualify Canadian, but uh, I love this guy. I've, I've long threatened that I'm actually going to just pack up and move to the backyard of this guy's house. Ted Reader's Gastro Grilling. Fired up recipes to grill great everyday meals. That's by Ted Reader. And then uh, rounding out the five, I've never heard of this book. It's called Pit Q Company. Why it's perfect for dad, the Anglophile who doesn't mind getting his fingers sticky while eating, why it stands out. We think of barbecue as an American creation, but cooking food over open flame goes back to prehistoric times. In London, Pit Q Company has become a barbecue phenomenon, starting out as a food truck service serving slow and low-cooked delicacies from the American South before becoming an award-winning restaurant. So, obviously, there's a story to be had there. Uh, and, oh, I'm sorry, this was the last book that was mentioned here, and this one is um, pretty iconic in its own. Smoke and Spice by Cheryl and Bill Jameson. Do you have any idea how old this book is, Corey? Take no. a guess. Take a guess. Oh, 35. No, almost 20 years old. This book, Smoke and Spice, aside from books like, uh, you know, Thrill of the Grill and The Barbecue Bible by Stephen Reich, 20 years ago, Cheryl and Bill Jameson wrote this book. It is standing the test of time, making dishes, talking about uh, cooking with smoke, the real way to buy... This book is an absolute phenomenon. I've actually tried to have uh, Cheryl and Bill on the show uh, any number of times. I actually think we might have even had them scheduled, per se, but things drop off. You're a fan of the show, Corey. You see when people never call in and leave me peddling to fill segments looking like a fool. <laughs> I was going to get to barbecue versus cookout. What race has to do with it, but I've run out of time, so we'll save that for next week, maybe. I don't know what race has to do with it. Maybe we'll talk to Mo Kaysan about barbecue and grilling and race. We'll see what he has to say. All right, uh, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Uh, you know where they are in beautiful downtown Shillington, Pennsylvania, this time of year, probably tropical as well. Known for the amazing wide selection of cookers, sauces, rubs, and all the things for both the backyard cook like me, like Corey, and the serious competition team. Everything that you need. They sell the big green eggs. They sell the Kamado cookers, the Primos, Mac and Green Mountain pellet grills, all the Weber grills and smokers, as well as Meadow Creek smokers and cookers. And they're one of the largest barbecue guru dealers in the country and the very first to offer professional and amateur cooking classes featuring well-known chefs like Harry Sue, Todd Johns, Dan Hickson. The list goes on. So call Fred Bernardo, I don't know, the smoking guitar player like I do, or call him anything you want as long as you buy something. I mean, really, call him or his friendly sales staff at 800-677-2882 or just go to your friendly neighborhood internets and look them up on the web at tastylicksbbq.com. And don't forget that the Smoking Guitar Player has over probably 160 videos at this point on the website, and a couple of them doesn't even try to sell you anything. Just spitting mad game and knowledge on that ass, trying to make you a better cook, whether it be on the competition circuit or whether it just be in the backyard. So... Here's what we do. We visit, if we're in the area, Shillington, Pennsylvania. Corey, do you have any idea where Shillington, Pennsylvania is? No, I do not. I don't either, but probably close to Philadelphia, which is probably why I won't actually get out to it anytime soon. But if I was close, I would stop in because Fred is always cooking. There's always free food. You can always demo stuff, which a lot of 
uh, outdoor uh, grill and, and fireplace doors really don't do, which I think is a detriment to their business, but whatever. Visit TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. And again, if you are in Shillington, Pennsylvania, stop on by. Tell them I sent you. I'll be more than happy to show you around. And uh, as we all know, Fred, very charismatic. He's got a lot of uh, spunk, as they say. All right, uh, we're back with Big Mo Kason right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Deputy Corey in the house sitting in tonight. Appreciate you hanging out tonight, Corey. Thank you. Uh, this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. For limited time, anyone that mentions the Barbecue Central show will get a free CookinPellets.com hat, a $20 value. Wow! Race on over to CookinPellets.com for your free hat, a $20 value. All right, my guest in the second hour currently can be viewed all over the TV scene on Destination America. And in the real world, he's traveling the barbecue circuit every way possible. Let's go ahead and welcome back friend of the show, Big Mo Kaysan. Mo, what's up, buddy? What's up, Greg Rippey? Man, Mo, I appreciate you making time for the show tonight. Man, you got to be one of, if not the busiest man in barbecue show business right now, right? Well, you know, I'm having a lot of fun, man. I'm going to be honest, man. Uh, it's been a blessing, man, uh, for the opportunities that have been coming my way, man. And um, it's all about, you know, promoting uh, the sport, man. You know, barbecuing in all facets, man. And, uh, for the guy in the backyard cooking on his Weber and from the competition guy out there in the scene. But it's, it's all about barbecue, man. And, uh, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity, man, because it only comes once, you know, and um, I'm just I'm just a happy man. Uh, well, we, we got a lot to talk about tonight, and I guess um, as I had actually asked Meathead to, to kind of review with us, and I'm going to ask you too, you know, for the folks that really haven't scoured the show's archives or maybe they're new to the show tonight listening for the first time and maybe aren't familiar with Mo Kaysan, uh, aside from the TV stuff and so forth, when you rewind all the way back, uh, you know, what got you into the competition world? Well, for me, you know, um, I'm an ex-Navy guy. Um, um, I grew up, my grandmother had like seven, 17 children, um, just a good woman, man, and uh my mom was also cooking. You know, we did a lot of cooking and, and grilling and, and barbecuing at home. But when I went off to the Navy, you know, I wasn't able to do that because I was on board ship. And when I got home, man, you know, I was always uh, dabbling on my back deck cooking, you know. We had neighbors. They had grills and smokers. And we would just, you know, constantly be grilling and barbecuing all the time. And then, uh, you know, uh, one of the greatest things I was seeing was these barbecue show competitions on TV, you know, uh, with the Chris Lohys and the guys uh, the toughies, you know, uh, competing. And in 2000, 
um, at five, uh, I was watching a show, and uh, it was uh, I think it was the one where uh, Chris Lilly got DQ'd because he was late. And uh, yeah. I was watching these guys, and I'm thinking, you know what, man? <clears throat> I can do that, man. You know, uh, I've never competed in a competition at that point, and I'm thinking, you know what? I can do that. So uh, I saved my money up. Um, I had a little, little rental house down the street from my other house, and I gutted it, and, and it took a whole year to save the money up. And uh, the profit, when I sold the house, I was able to uh, buy my first trailer, which is the blue trailer, kind of like the blue trailer that you're seeing today. It's a little smaller one. It was all open. And I had an old hickory pit on it, and it was just a basic bare bones uh, with the old hickory and a, and a bare bones uh, trailer with a roof on it. And I did my first contest at the uh, Barter Colossus. It used to be a contest here in Des Moines, all pork, where you cooked loin, whole hog, and uh, pork butt. And, uh, and ribs, excuse me. And, and um, so um, uh, I entered my first contest, and the first thing I noticed was coming into the contest scene, uh, looking at all these different smokers and all these different teams, and I thought it was so cool because basically at that point, all I saw was like my neighbors, you know, they had the little Webbers or the Green Eggs or whatever they had, you know, but I've never seen a condensed set of cookers at one time, you know, live in person. And I was overwhelmed because I was passionate about it. And it was cool to see other people have that same passion that I, that, you know, that I have. And so it was just, I was just hooked. I remember it was cold and rainy and uh, I had a couple friends with me, kind of hang out with me and, and they were like having you know, a miserable time because it was cold and rainy and, and, you know, and the staff would cook all night. But you know what, even though it was cold, uh, I was motivated, man. And, you know, I didn't do that well, but, you know, I was I was just pumped. And I ended up doing 20 contests that year, you know, all by myself. And and it's just been, you know, a great ride ever since. I mean, I'm just a passionate guy. So that's how I got in the competition game. Well, you know, you referenced something, and I've seen it live and in person, uh, uh, you know, a year or so ago at the, uh, the Oklahoma run uh, when I met you for the first time. You are a guy that uh, that cooks as a uh, a lone pit master. You see uh, other teams that are out there, whether it be husband and wife, whether it be a bunch of buddies getting together, and they might have three, four, five, maybe even more people on a team. Do you think that you could go to a a multiple person squad? And you know, I'm I'm sure at some point you might hook up with some people here and there, but you know, for a whole competition season, because you are so honed in as being an individual pit master of a team. Do you think you could switch to uh, like having a sous chef or having a number two or a number three, or do you think it would really kind of mess up the whole process that you have going forward now? Oh no, man! I'm easy on Sunday morning, man. Um, I wouldn't mind having a teammate. Uh, the problem is the reason why <clears throat> I've always been a one man team is that you know when I did my first contest, I had a couple guys that just kind of hung out with me, but they weren't like doing any cooking. I mean, they were kind of helping me load the hog up in the pit, you know, but. You know, that wasn't their desire. And I'm the kind of guy that I'm not going to be waiting around for nobody. When it's time for Big Mo to get on the road and go to a contest, I'm going. I don't I don't want people hemming on and sit there and saying, well, I can't make it this week. And then, no, this week I can make it. You know, I can always rely on myself. But I'm the kind of guy where, you know, I'm not so self-absorbed that I feel like I can't have a teammate. You know, I don't mind having teammates. I wouldn't mind maybe in the future joining up and having uh, some teammates. You know what I mean? I'm just a you know, a social guy anyway. But being that I've cooked by myself, I know that it's not because of some kind of ego or some chip that I have on my shoulder. It's just that I know that I got to jump in my truck 
I got to get to point A to point B as I get with it. And as long as I rely on myself, I don't have to worry. I got no problem. I ain't got no, I don't got no other extra issues that to deal with. You know what I mean? Barbecue's supposed to be fun, man. It ain't supposed to be a bunch, bunch of drama and having to worry about, you know, this guy, you know, not showing up. And then you're counting on this guy to build your box or you're counting on this guy to help you, you know, throughout the night. You know, when you're blind yourself, it makes you, I think for me personally, it makes me a better pit master. Even though I haven't won nowhere as much as a lot of these guys out there, you know, I, I you know, it's, it's proven that, you know, I mean, I'm a kind of guy that, you know, I haven't won as much as a lot of guys, but I stay true to barbecue, man. You know, I'm passionate about it. I truly, truly love the sport. I love the people that's in it. And it's it's a way of life for me, man. So even though I'm by myself, man, I feel like I got a thousand people with me. You know what I mean? I just, I'm the kind of guy, you know, I don't sit there and clam myself up inside my trailer. I may not get out as much because I got so much to do, but because I've narrowed and, and slimmed down my operation so tight that I, I can, you know, I can hit my marks with you. Granted, you know, I took a lot of KCBS, but I'm branching out and doing a lot of different sanctioning bodies. And, you know, a lot I still can do by myself. You know, granted, NBM, I'll be doing a few of them this year. You know, you got to have a squad, man. I mean, there's no way that you can do it by yourself. I mean, you just can't. And uh, so, you know, uh, uh, I don't have a problem there, man. Brent, but, you know, uh, you, know uh, you get somebody that's truly going to be by your side and roll with you, man, week in, week out, cool. I'm on with it. If I could make a marriage uh, of partnership between you and, let's say, a Dave Bosco of Butcher Barbecue, would you be all over that like a cheap suit? Man, me and, me and Dave, man, we cool as hell, man. I love Dave, man. <laughs> Dave Bosco, good people, man. I mean, there's, there's, there's people out there, man, on the scene that are just – there's a ton of great folks out there on the competition scene. You know, there's a very small minute of individuals out there that are self-absorbed, and those people, you know, they kind of – shun themselves, you know, even though, um, you know, because of how, what they, the energy they put out. Dave Boska's not that guy. He's just a great, friendly guy. His brother's awesome. I don't, I don't know how many contests we've done where we cross paths, man, and Dave is just the same today as he is tomorrow. He's just a great guy. He's a good friend. He's one of them kind of guys I can, I can say on the circuit. He's a good friend. I got a lot of great friends out there on the circuit, and Dave Boska's one of them. Mo, I think a lot of people, when they see and they start to learn about the competition and the guys that are really trying to make an impression on whether it be a singular sanctioning body or multiple, realize soon that you do have to do multiple events during the course of the year. When I talk about multiple, 25 or 35 plus to even be in a consideration point for any type of an overall championship. Are you somebody at this point who has been able to turn barbecue into a full-time job that allows you to do it so much? Uh, and if not, what are you doing during the day that allows you to do so much barbecue outside of whatever a full-time job would be? You know, that's what's amazing about it. I'm so passionate about what I do, competition, the barbecue scene, barbecue life. You know, I still got a 40-hour-week job, dude. I go, to the, I, got, I go to the midnight shift treating water for the city of Des Moines. I've got 19 years in, dude, but I've been getting weekends off for like 17 years. So, I mean, I get off Friday morning at 7, and then I roll out. It was perfect for barbecue, man. And I, I'm able to do the best of both worlds. Now, eventually, I want to do barbecue all 100% of the time. For me to wake up and just think about barbecue and how to promote barbecue and promote myself as far as my sauces and, and you know, rubs down the, down the line, that would be a dream for me. But you know what? I'm the kind of guy that I put the effort in. 
but I'm not so much a fool that I'm going to sit there and stop. I got pension, I got the fur cup, I got other things, you know. And granted, it ain't a job that you're going to get rich at, but I ain't a fool. My mom raised big, my mom didn't raise no fool. You know, my mom still to this day, people come with her and she, she thought, I quit my job. And I didn't quit my job. I seen her man here about a couple weeks ago. She goes, boy, did you quit your, your job? I said, no, I didn't quit my job. Well, everybody said you quit your job. I said, no, I'm mine, I quit my job. But because I've been out in the, in the barbecue scene so tough, they just assume, how are you able to do that and still hold on a job? You know, I got four kids, man. I got a household, man. I, I, I still got to take care of business. You know what I mean? But one day, man, I'm working towards that goal, man. I'm creating a brand, which is Big Mo Quezon, man, and I'm keeping that freight train going on that track. And hopefully, Lord willing, man, I'm going to be able to just wake up and just, you know, wake up saying, man, it's all about barbecue, man. I'll go out to down, down Texas somewhere, out in a store, and do a... Uh, you know, uh, do an event, you know, uh, to promote my sauce, whatever I got to do, man. To me, that's my dream, man. That's my dream. That's funny. You just kind of dovetailed into my uh, next follow-up question was, you know, you release that line of sauces. That's another portion of Big Mo Quezon's brand, aside from the guy you see on television, aside from the guy that you see on the competition scene and doing whatever else you're doing. You have the sauces. How are they turning out for you? How are you seeing them sell? And have they met expectation when you release them originally? Yeah, you know, I tell you what, man. The thing about barbecue sauce, um, it's a tough business. Yeah. I mean, you look. I got friends of mine like Clayton's Dave. I have great respect for Sweet Baby Ray. He's got sweet, got a great amount of respect for those guys. Um, the thing about sauces is, and this is one thing my bottler sat down and talked with me, man. Um, it's not so much about the sauce, but about the branding of the sauce. And granted, the sauce has got to be good. But the thing is, is that people want a piece of you or whatever. That's what they're buying. I mean, obviously, the sauce has got to speak for itself. It's got to be good. Don't get me wrong. It's got to be a great product. But it's a it's a it's, it's a two handed thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, for example, my bottler man, he's one of the he's one of the top spaghetti sauces in Kansas City. Well, just for SGs, he took the same sauce and put it in a different label and set it next to his sauce on a shelf, and his family sauce, nine to one, outsold the other sauce, even though they were the two same sauces, because it's all about branding. People get used to seeing a certain thing, and they want it. That's why you got Thai. That's why you got Downey. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of great turkeys out there, but when I grew up, I grew up on Thai. So, you know, everybody thought that, that what gets cocos clean is Thai, so you just buy Thai. Now, grab someone else, man, grew up, grew up on something else, but you get set on a on a brand. That's why you got your Heinz and you got, you know, your things of that nature. That's, it's branding, man. And, but you know, you got to have a good product to also deliver too. But so the sauces have been really good. I mean, they're very actually starting to vamp. I mean, I did a thing here. I'm getting ready to do a deal here with a big grocery chain in Arkansas. Uh, matter of fact, I talked to the guy today and, uh, I got a broker that called me today from Birmingham, Alabama, and he wants to get me in the South, uh, Southeast. He's going to take care of me on that aspect. He's good friends with the higher-ups of this chain in Arkansas, and I'm working on HEB, which is a huge chain down in Texas. Yep. You know, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking it. I'm, I'm, I'm not there. You know, the sky's the limit. You have to put forth the effort. You can't sit back on your back and say, because I'm so-and-so, and I won this and I won that. That don't mean jack squat. Because people at home who have never heard of you, you know, they don't know. If you can get out there, you know, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to go off to a different tangent, but, you know, when I first start competing, you know, I'm the kind of guy I like meeting people, man, Greg. I like going to different places. And you have some of these competition teams out there, man, they don't do that. 
And they used to, you know, and I don't really care what anybody thinks, you know, when, on that tip, you know, because, uh, but they would kind of joke at you because, you know, you're going to a place that you, they think that you don't have a chance to win. It's not about that, man. It's about the love of the sport. I'll drive to Oregon and compete. I'll drive to Texas to compete. And don't you know, that will pay dividends. And I'm not thinking in that aspect, but it pays dividends in the end because you are a guy that can reach out and you talk to people and you can cook and, 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 you're, and, and the people can come up to you and you can chit-chat and talk and they know that you're real and you know that you're the real deal and you're humble and they like you. All you do is garner more fans. That's all you do. You know, I don't cherry pick. I don't strategize and say, I'm going to do this contest, do this contest, you know, and two inches on. If that's your goal plan to be team of the year, God bless you, man. You know, but I would just like getting out and cooking, man. That's why I can get up there. I'm going to do a GBA contest next weekend. Now, granted, I'm in, am I in the points change for a GBA contest? Hell no. But I want to go down and see my Georgia folk. And then, and that's why I do it, man. Mo Kason is our guest. You can uh, find his website, PonderosaBBQ.com. Mo, if we can kind of delve into the TV stuff here a little bit. I know we got sidetracked, but, uh, you know, I think the story's great. And obviously the passion is, uh, is shining through, Corey. I think you can uh, obviously feel that as well. Um in regards to TV show number one, Barbecue Pitmasters, uh, it is, uh, I guess, now the the stalwart of any barbecue TV show. It's uh, now seen a large amount of success on its flagship station, Destination America. Originally this season, I thought I was going to be seeing the shining face of Melissa Cookston, um, and then all of a sudden I see a handsome uh, pitmaster of Ponderosa Barbecue and uh, Mo Kason being the judge, who I was caught a little bit unaware. How did that whole thing, uh, you know, come to you? If uh, and I don't know the particulars of what happened with Melissa, and, and if you do and, and you want to share, that's fine. If not, uh, that's fine as well. Um, but but how do you get approached to be on the dais of the judging panel for Barbecue Pitmasters? Well, how 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 it went down is that you know. Um uh, last fall, you know, I did that. Last spring, I did that thing with the uh, mine called Smoked. Um, was it you know, 2013? 2013, I did uh, with um, Smoke. Now, that the yep. production company was, um, uh, mine escapes me now, but they're out of uh, Colorado. Um, they do Guy Fieri's show. They produce his show. Um, the guy that drives in the drive through I can't. Citizen Pictures. And uh, great guys, they called me and, and said, uh, you know, uh, we, want, uh, we just came down from uh, the higher ups. We want to picture for this unit show with you and mine. I'm like, cool. So we did that. Even though it was only one little one-off deal, they were really happy with it. Um, the fall came around, and I was approached to do uh, this pit wars. And they kind of gave me the concept and told me to come out. I was like, cool, man. That sounds exactly right up my alley. So we did it. I had a freaking ball, probably the best, most fun I've ever had shooting a TV show. Uh, well, that winter, December, you know, fall, when we got done shooting it, um, I get a call from higher ups, this is the, the discovery and, you know, and they were like, Hey man, we want to, want to pitch you as a, as a, as a, as a judge. And I'm like, cool. Now with Melissa, I got great respect for her. We're friends. Um, we've been together at the Kentucky barbecue festival and she's just got so much happening for her, you know, as far as, uh, restaurants popping up and, you know, and she's all about our grind, man. She's all about, you know, making her money and, and taking and building her what she's got to do. So that is how that opening happens because, uh, and I, I mean, that's all I know. I don't know. I mean, 
and she's never told me personally that that was the reason, but, you know, she's got good friends close to her that I know, and, and it was because she's been real busy, you know, and um, and I don't know what her desires were when it comes to not doing the show, but that's what I assume. I, I don't know for a fact. That's just my personal opinion of what it was. So it was an opportunity for me, um, and um, I took advantage of it and and uh, accepted and um, went and did it, you know, and um, it was um, – you know, it was. I'm, I'm truly thankful for the opportunity. Uh, I was kind of shocked and surprised by it, you know, uh, to, to be honest. But uh, you know, I feel like you know, I'm all about making lemonade out of lemons, and I'm not saying it was a lemon, but you know, I just didn't expect to be called to be a judge on pitmasters, honestly. Mo Kason joining us here on the show. Mo, uh, can I hold you over for another segment? No problem, brother. All right, uh, hang back here just for a couple minutes, and uh, we'll get right back here. We're talking with Mo Kason, Ponderosa Barbecue. Uh, folks, let me talk to you. I just mentioned that I'm going to be uh, getting my dapper hands on the Party Q unit to test out the newly revamped Party Q unit, by the way. And you know who makes it? The Barbecue Guru. Uh, look, if you're thinking about an automatic temperature control device for your cooker, stop here. It's the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. And I continually ask you, why would you buy from somebody else? I have no idea. Now, maybe you're not familiar with how these devices work. I'm not going to get into the minute details. I'm not a scientist. But imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set, keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Because look at this. If you're a busy working professional like me or like Corey or any number of you out there, perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands and, quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend those pit temperatures. I get it. The barbecue guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the barbecue guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at. There's a number of different models that you can choose from. You have a, a party queue. You have the uh, cyber queue Wi-Fi unit that is raging across the competition trails and backyards alike. You have the cyber queue 2, the DigiQ DX2. If you're in the market for a cooker, why not consider the Onyx Oven? Onyx Oven has been winning on the competition circuit for a number of years. Also, Rave in the backyard, a whole ton of meat, fully insulated, accommodates the half and full pans for food service, and you know it's going to work seamlessly with all of those Barbecue Guru pit temperature control devices as well. So do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out the products. And if you have any questions about what to order, because sometimes it can be a little overwhelming when you look at the website and you see the different size fans, you're like, I don't know what to order. Call them directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, the number 800-288-GURU. And the website, thebbqguru.com. Back with BMC right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Big Mo Kason joining us here on the Barbecue Central Show. Mo, uh, appreciate you hanging with me through the break there. You know, in regards to uh, barbecue pitmasters and 
you, I mean, for the people that are fans of yours, fans of the show, I mean, you can, you know, rewind the clocks back a couple, two, three seasons or so and, and find that you were, you know, on that show. I think it might have been the, the first time they revised it off of the uh, the docudrama portion of it. Uh, you were a heavy-handing uh, crab, I believe it was, or maybe it was lobster on top of something that looked absolutely spectacular. So you were a contestant on the show, and then you get to flip around and go to the judges' table uh, a couple years after that. You know, what's it like making the transition from competing on Barbecue Pitmasters to now being the evaluator of, you know, what should be winning and what shouldn't be? Well, you know, the thing about that is that uh, it's very interesting, man, Greg. Um, being a contestant's one thing, you know what I mean? I mean, and, and it's long days and you're, and you're, and you're doing uh, a lot, but I think to be a good judge, it's not about, it's entertainment. But you got to know what the hell you're talking about, because you're put on the spotlight. You really are, you know. And if you don't understand textures, you don't understand, you know, when how meat's properly done, how it's supposed to taste. I mean, as far as texture-wise, your flavor's your flavor. But there's certain things about if you don't and, and you don't know what proper ribs are supposed to have as far as feel, mouth feel. Um, brisket, you know, no matter what was thrown at you, I mean. Your, that stuff will be revealed. Even though, you know, the, the world of editing, you still got to know what the hell you're talking about. And you still got to know how to give good, fair evaluations. I mean, period. And, uh, you know, granted, uh, you know, I said, that's, that's one thing, man. I mean, you're sitting there against the clock and you're doing, but you know what? As a judge, you're on the spotlight too. Because you want to do a good job. You know, you want to do a good job for the viewer at home. You know, so they're getting knowledge. You know, entertainment is a great thing, but, you know, the uh, that's, that's that's a side note. You know, you want to be able to give good, concise information. And uh, uh, that, and you want to be able to, so that these uh, contestants are getting uh, uh, judged fairly. You know what I mean? And if, you, and if you can expound on why he or she did well, did not do well, you can give them knowledge, and they'll understand. They, they will understand, no matter how passionate they are. I mean, granted... I know when I got knocked off uh, the, the both times I was on as a contestant, you know, in my heart, I thought I shouldn't get knocked off, but that's just the, you know, the competitor in me. But you know within yourself when something ain't right. I don't care what you know when something ain't right. If your brisket ain't there, it ain't there. You, and, I mean, you can try to fudge it on one thing, but you know what? You can't cheat the camera, period. If the stuff is dry as hell, you can't cheat it. That's the thing. It'll always be revealed, man. You know, that's, that's straight. Three-dimensional full HD. You ain't you ain't faking that. And uh, so uh, you know, like I said, again, your flavor's your flavor. But you know, there's certain things that you just can't cheat, man. And you can't sit there. And so you know, you got to give the viewer uh, honesty and uh, do the best you can in your subjective ways of what you think proper barbecue is. Mo Kaysen is our guest, Pitmaster Ponderosa Barbecue, PonderosaBBQ.com, the website. Uh, you're also uh, part of a judging panel with the stalwarts of the judging panel uh, portion of the show, Myron Mixon, obviously uh, the winningest man in barbecue, and then uh, Tuffy Stone, who has certainly won his share of former KCBS Team of the Year. Pitmaster has won a number of high-level contests in his time uh, last year, probably you know competed seven or eight times, but won some of the most prolific events uh, during the course of 2013. <coughs> You know, what's it like sitting on a judging dais with these guys who have seen a tremendous amount of success individually? And they're both 
really nice guys. Um, I, they've both been on the show uh, any number of times, not recently, uh, which I have a theory about, but we won't get into that. Um, is it at all intimidating for you to, to sit with them, knowing the experience they have, A, in front of the camera, and, and then also with the success that they've had on the competition scene? Hell no. I have great respect for Meyer. I got great respect for Tuffy. And what's cool about those guys, man, you're grounded. Okay? I don't look at what a person's won. I don't care if he won everything in the world. It's what you project. Now, if you come up to me and start spouting about how much you won, then you ain't jack squat to me. Okay? Because I didn't ask you what you won. Okay? Let's start barbecue. What makes you mean to get right? Just because you won X, Y, and Z don't mean I don't know about barbecue. I don't know how to cook. I know how to cook barbecue. You know what I mean? Because when it comes down to competition barbecue, I mean, granted, I respect what Tuffy and Meyer has done throughout their career, and that's awesome. But when I, when, when I see them, I see them as just cooks just like I am. And they see me the same way. You know, they don't come off to me condescending. They don't come off to me arrogant at all. At all. At all. Because they know what's up. They know that it's all about the cook. And so, you know, I've got a great, especially, man, I'm good friends with both of them, man. And not once do they expound on what they won at all. You know, they just, they just, just, they're not that kind of guy because they're cooks. So then again, when someone's got to sit there and try to count what they want, X, Y, and Z, I did this and I did that and I did that. Well, let's tell you there's something within themselves that's lacking. Okay, because they dwell on that, and they think that's a calling card for them to be able to do X, Y, and Z. That's not the case. It's what you project, man. You know what I'm saying? If you're knowledgeable about cooking brisket, just because you won X, Y, and Z on that brisket and doing brisket doesn't mean that you know more than me. You know, I mean, it just doesn't mean that. I mean, if I know what proper brisket is, you know, I know what proper brisket is. And if you're able to expound on that, I mean, you'll know. Because when you if if you were ignorant on the fact of cooking. That would be revealed to you because them two judges will let you know. They'll let you know when you don't know, when you don't know Jack Squat. I mean, you know what I mean? In a joking way or whatever, they'll let you know. But you can tell when they know that you know what's up and you know, how, and you, and you know about barbecue because they look at you and after you get done with a segment, they're like, right on. Right on, my man. And they know. And, and, and the scores will be revealed for that because each score is their own score. Okay. And uh, they don't, they don't, they don't coach you to tell you how to score. They don't do that. I mean, I, I you know, they your score is your score. Now, granted, what your flavor profile, what you like, is different than what I like. Okay, and that's good. You know, but you know, eventually the cream rises to the top, and we're all competition guys. And not once is tough your mind trying to name drop and trying to act like you. They know I don't. I don't play that. They know that. They know big more and don't don't roll like that. I don't look at nobody in with starry eyes and say, oh. I don't see that, man. But you grown man like me. Mo, you know goddamn well that the first time you saw me, you got all teary. I don't lie like I know you want. We had a moment in Oklahoma. You know damn right. All right, so when you look at this season of Barbecue Pitmasters versus uh, the ones in the past, um, do you think this one is, is continuing to follow suit in, in a good, positive way? Uh, do you think there are any tweaks that – you know, you would recommend as the judges to see this uh, season unfold. I believe uh, the finals is coming up next week. So as it starts to draw to a close, uh, what are your overall thoughts of the season? I got to say, honestly, man, and I'm the kind of person that speaks my mind. I really do. Don't, don't nobody pull my strings. I'm, thank, I'm truly thankful 
for the opportunity of being on Barbecue Pitmasters. It's it's the number one show on Destination America. Uh, DA, the, the, the Destination America, they love the show. They love uh, um, it's done so much for the sport. I mean, it's done so much for the worldwide community of barbecue. And I think uh, I bring an aspect of balance with the show, uh, being who I am. Um, and I don't how I know that's my, you know, I know who I am within myself, but, you know, the family and the friends that contacted me, inboxed me, you know, to let me know that, you know, and that makes me, that makes it all worthwhile. That makes you know that I'm doing it right. And I'm just, and I'm being myself. That's the thing is, I'm just being myself. Now, granted, am I a trained actor? No, I'm not. You know, I mean, is, is, do you stumble? And, and yes, you know, it was, it was a different, it was a little different for me, but I settled in and, and, and I, felt like I did the best job that I could at the time, and um, and I just learned so much. The thing about it is that every time I do a project, Greg, I get wiser, and I get more knowledgeable about the TV game. And uh, it just makes me a better person down the road for the next thing. And uh, and I really, truly feel like Pitmasters will be back. Um, you know, there's always evolution and evolving and things of that nature, and... Um, um, you know, I think that, you know, there, there's always room for, um, for change, you know, and it's just being the powers to be to make that change in the right direction of what they think they need to do. Um, I'm not here. I'm not gonna, you know, I just had a great opportunity and I had a great time. I ain't gonna lie. I had a great time. Um, um, I'm more of a free willing kind of guy, but, uh, I'm telling you, man, I had a great time, Greg. Transitioning out of that show, you're also in another one on Destination America with the Pit Wars, and I had been asked any number of times, you know, what I think about uh, Pit Masters, and uh, and I said, hey, you know, if I was going to be making a show, this is the way I was going to do it, and that was two weeks ago was my my last rant on that, and I got an email from you, I got an email from probably fifty other people saying, oh, well, you, you haven't tuned into Pit Wars yet, and this is exactly the thing that you have been talking about, so. For the folks that haven't seen it, uh, if you could kind of give us a little thumbnail sketch of, of what it's like and how are you feeling about this show in comparison or in contrast to the Barbecue Pitmasters judging aspect? You know, the thing, the thing between uh, pit, pit Wars is right up my style, even though, you know, I could, I'm learning to get different range to be able to do different things, but I really loved the format. Pit Wars, and I knew as soon as I was asked to do this project, I was on board 100% and just stoked because um, it's all about barbecue, man. And you're able to catch you're able to catch people in their natural element. Now, granted, barbecue pit masters is a game show. That's what it is. Yep. You know, people get confused and say they don't like it, or whatever. It's a game show. Barbecue pit wars. It's somewhat like a game show, but it's almost like a kind of somewhat like a barbecue documentary too, mixed in with kind of class game show. And that's the difference between season one and Pit Wars. I love Pit Wars. Love it. And I think that that's going to be the standard for what's going to be rocking. You know, there's going to be shows coming out from other networks and whatever, but that, that's where it's at. People, I, I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten inboxed on my Facebook and emails and calls. Man, that's what people want. We take season one pitmasters 
and we step it up. Now, I'm not knocking season one pitmasters because that's what everybody loves. But the thing with 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 with, with uh, pit wars, what you get is you get real time in the sense that all we do as a cook, no matter how well you think that you are as a cook, you're still at the mercy of the judges. No matter how well you got all the elements that you got to fight through, the weather, and that's all captured. People like that. You're doing the same thing like pitmasters. What you're doing is you're dropping knowledge to people about cooking processes. And people are seeing what exactly Meyer Mixon does, what Mo Kaysan does, what Michael Character does, what Stumps McDowell does. You're actually seeing us what we're doing. And then, you know, we're actually interacting. We have such great chemistry amongst ourselves. Um, you're competing against the rest of the general field, but then there's also a contest within the contest for a cash prize, which ups the ante, which is different than season one pitmaster. Season one pit pitmaster, you just follow for for um, I don't know how many of them pitmaster there was, but uh, you just follow them around. This kind of adds a little bit of more uh, uh, ups the stakes a little bit because you know you want to you want to win, you want to win. I mean, you want to do well at the contest, it's a general contest, but then you also want to win within your group. And it makes it, makes it for really fun. But then you also got to have great personalities. That's the thing about people at home. People at home, you want to drop them some knowledge on how to cook. Because what the, what the whole key is, the whole key of having barbecue shows is for to promote the sport. You want Sarah or Bob to go at home and got the Weber at home, and they want to go to the store and grab a brisket or grab some ribs or grab a pork butt, and they want to try to emulate what they just saw. And when they're able to cook that at home with success because of the tips they learn on your show and able to get some decent or great barbecue to their family, it's a win-win. It's a win-win because you've got a fan for life. And all that does is just spread like wildfire. And that's why barbecue, in my opinion, is competition in the game. is the fastest-growing sport behind NASCAR. It's crazy because you know what? Anybody can do it. It's not a sport that degrades with your age. You know what I mean? It's not like football or basketball that you only got a short window and then your skills decline and then you need to hang it up or you're going to look embarrassed. But with barbecue, you might have some 17-year-olds at home all sharing the duplex, man. They may cook some bomb-ass kicking chicken, man. But you know what? They may go out and not cook a good rib, may not cook a good brushing, but when they go into that contest, they, you got to deal with them. you got to deal with that person making killer chicken. And that's what's so beautiful about competition barbecue and the world of barbecue because all that does is just spread. You know, that just spreads throughout uh, the, the, the country, and it just gets more people buying product, meat, smokers, seasonings, rubs. It's a win-win deal. So that's what the show does. People want to knock it. You know, you got, you got haters out there, you know, that want to knock it. You know, look at, you know, people sometimes, you know, I, I'm good on a tangent, you know, but you get people that want to knock certain people uh, because they're not on the show because they feel like they're more deserving. That's BS, dude. Like John Marcus said, you know, um, I don't know John Marcus that well, but I'm going to tell you what, man, he did tell you. No matter what, you have won. And really, when it gets down to it, people at home don't give a rat's ass if you got a 50 foot trophy at home. They don't care. They don't really care. It's what you project, man. If you're able to project good barbecue and you're able to keep the veer at home engaged, it's different. You know, when you have a competition with no cameras around, so be it. It's a competition, but. You, when you're on TV, man, you've got to be able to engage with that viewer. Yeah. Or the viewer's just going to turn the channel. If he drives a popcorn fart, they just going to turn the channel. And they don't help nobody. Okay, but you've got to be able to cook, too. You know, I, mean, you, you, I mean, your food's got to speak. I mean, I mean when, you, when you overcook your ribs, you can't fake that. And when you see them, people look at them, oh, man, look at that. Boy, cook them ribs, man. They don't, they don't look right, man. Boom. 
because it's real, man. You, you you rise and you fall, man, and that's that's what good TV is, man. That's just what happens, man. It ain't nothing fake about it. it ain't nothing staged. It's what it is. It's what what normal guys do, guys and girls in the competition scene. Mo Kason is the pitmaster of Ponderosa Barbecue. Again, the website ponderosabbq.com. You can find him on Pit Wars. You can find him on Barbecue Pitmasters as well, both located on Destination America. Oh, I know to held you uh, over an extra segment that I didn't tell you about, but uh, I am a devious bastard, and I appreciate you uh, <laughs> kind of chameleon with me. Uh, continue success, man. Let's talk again soon. No problem, brother. There he is, Mo Kesa. Ponderosa. BBQ.com is his website. And again, you can see him on Barbecue Pit Wars and Barbecue Pit Masters on Destination America. All right, let's do uh, the last read, and then we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up the show here. Uh, it's El Diablo Mustard time, and let me tell you something. With each and every passing week, I am becoming a huge, even bigger fan of El Diablo Mustard. El Diablo, of course, is the newest sponsor here at Barbecue Central. Born a few years ago when its creators wanted to turn ordinary mustard into the hottest on earth. They push the boundaries with adding fiery habanero, roasted chipotle, flaming jalapeno, and spicy mango into mustard so powerful, so hot, and so intense that even the devil couldn't resist it. And El Diablo was born. El Diablo currently featuring six flavors that taste great and, quite honestly, are hot as hell. How about mango? It's a bit of island heat meets sweet with real mango puree, slow, tingling heat. You have roasted chipotle. As a kick the southwest with a peppery mustard and smoky chipotle puree for nice low heat. Then Steakhouse. This one is kind of unique. You're either going to love it or you might not like it as much. It has a hearty flavor with a zing of Worcestershire with tangy tomato for blazing layers of flavor. Texas chili. Make any hot dog an instant chili dog with hints of garlic and cumin and paprika. Jalapeno, one of my favorites. Pops with real jalapeno puree and a mustard zinc. Try it on some hot bacon, why don't you? And, of course, habanero is a flavor inferno for all you daring types who want all heat all day. So get grilling. Add some heat to your meat. Connect with El Diablo's Facebook page for recipes and giveaways. Bold flavors, great taste, hot as hell, eldiablomustard.com. That's eldiablomustard.com. And I'm telling you right now, if, if you don't try any other flavor, if you are... Mr. Inside the Box, no matter how it comes, but you do like A, mustard, and B, a little bit of heat. Get the jalapeno one. Try that first. Um, I think uh, the jalapeno El Diablo is the gateway drug into the rest of the El Diablo family. All right, uh, we're back right after this to wrap up the show. Stick around. Be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Deputy Corey in the house, uh, staying with me here uh, this evening. Appreciate you. Hanging out. Corey, uh, evaluation of the show. You have uh, Meathead from Amazing Ribs, and then you have Mo Kesa, uh, I guess what I would say, bringing it strong in the last couple <laughs> seconds. What do you think about Mo? Yeah, I'll say. Is he passionate? That was a great interview. You know, when you... 
I think what a lot of people don't realize, especially for the guys in the competition scene, you know, there isn't a lot of money to be, uh, you know, made. Uh, you know, Mo, you see him on TV quite a bit. Uh, he has some success on the competition scene. But I think in terms of straight competition, when you look at some of the top pitmasters, you know, if they're at a break even or, or maybe they're pocketing 10 or 15 grand over the, the course of a competition season, you know, these guys that win team of the year, you know, they're not making $300,000 or $500,000. Nobody talks about the expense. Can you imagine? If we started a competition cooking team, Sheriff and the host, I think, would be our uh, our competition <laughs> name. First of all, we're nowhere near any local competition. We'd have to be driving down at least three hours south to Hocking, uh, Ohio, uh, the Hocking Hills, or we would have to go to Cincinnati or Buffalo or Michigan. So we're already in transportation expense. We have to buy all the meat. We have to buy all the supplies. I mean, we could be looking at seven hundred to a thousand dollars, probably on the light end, all in for a weekend of competition. Oh, by the way, we're probably going to get the shit kicked out of us by people <laughs> who've been doing it long. It really just kind of goes to show the commitment that these guys have to this particular sport. And I mean, you can just hear the passion exude from Mo that it, it's really, I guess, not making the huge bucks that you would think these guys might be making. Uh, right. Because you see him on the television, or maybe they have a line of sauces. It's a, it's a whole different monster, and one that, quite honestly, I really don't want to get into. Because if I get into it, I want to win, <laughs> and I want to make a lot of money <laughs> winning. Right. Right. So, you know, for the people that are out there doing it, I, I continually applaud you. Um, and I think uh, you should go back and listen to Mo and how he got into it, and 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 see his passion and hear his passion, and. Be inspired by it. I mean, he made me want to go out and, and and sink whatever it is I'm passionate about, all of my efforts. You're going to go out and catch bad guys better starting on the 23rd, Gordon, you know. <laughs> you're going to shoot sharper. You're going to handcuff tighter. You're going to cuff them and stuff them. Choo, choo. Uh, all right. Um, any changes in your mind on Father's Day coming up on Sunday for gifts? <laughs> yes. What do we want? Particue. Particue! I'll give you mine. Good Lord. You just had to ask for it. You don't have to angle. Um, what else is going on this weekend, Corey, before we uh, wrap it up here tonight? Where can we see Corey making appearances? People want to stop in and say hi. We're local to the Cleveland area. This weekend. Oh, yeah. well, um, Sunday. Yeah, Father's Day. That's what I'm doing for Father's Day. Uh, running the Lake Health Half Marathon. Are you really? Yep. <laughs> All right. So things that you'll never see me doing. Competing, <laughs> but you'll probably see me competing before I'm running half marathon. <laughs> I will go. run vicariously through you, of course. Uh, and then you're off until uh, the 22nd, right? So, Correct. So uh, we could maybe be seeing a reprise appearance in just a week's time. Yeah. Who knows? Sounds good. All right. Um, I'm, oh, look at Shane. this. I just ran out of. Uh, I just ran out of clock here because I'm not paying any goddamn attention. Um, where's my uh, Where's my get out song here? Uh, here we go. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, all the way back in the first hour, we enjoyed two segments with Meathead Goldwood from AmazingRibs.com. We talked about the building and outdoor living space, all the things you need to take into account. We also talked about wine and liquor. 
as opposed to drinking beer at barbecues. But you're going to drink beer at barbecues because that's what you drink. That's fine. But if you're looking for an alternate, some things that we gave you for review, weigh in. And if you try them over the course of this weekend, let us know what you think. And then the second hour, Mo Kason bringing it absolutely huge with passion and energy. And that's Look, in terms of being a host, if you're a guest and you can bring that energy and actually not have any opinions about anything at all, guess what? You're a good guest. You're engaging. You're talking with passion. I mean, that's what I need as a guest, but he actually had substance behind it. You can find him at PonderosaBBQ.com. Uh, big show planned next week. As I had mentioned, Stephen Reichlin is in. Scott Roberts is in. Uh, we also have uh, who else? Oh, Bob Trudnack from uh, the Barbecue Guru will be talking about the party queue as well. Uh, so look forward to that. If you have the raw cast iron, season it each and every time. Hit it with a little grill brush as it starts to cool down after you use it. Spray in a little pan, maybe a little Crisco, let it burn back in. Generations of rust-free service will be provided to you. And of course, we close every show by saying September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rampey, for Deputy Corey, who might be back next week as well. Good night now.